Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier. We've got our week four waiver wire show today. We have an awesome guest. You guys know him, it's Paul Charchian. He's co-owner of Fanball.com and also founded LeagueSafe.com. Paul is on Twitter at his name, Paul Charchian. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro and Mike is at Mike Taglier NFL. Paul, we've been looking forward to this. Thanks for coming to the show. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and I'm really excited to to join you guys. And what a week for the waiver wire, right? Holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so much stuff to talk about. Uh, you, like, is there any team Is there any team that's coasting this week in the waiver wire? And just like, ah, forget it. I'll just, you know, I'll skip this one. <laughs> I don't imagine so. Definitely <laughs> no. not. I mean, there's no one that I'm spending a ton of fab money on, but you definitely are going to need to pick some people up based on the carnage that's happened the last couple of weeks. And we'll we'll talk about some of that news as we get into these waiver wire pickups, uh, just because it's all so intertwined. Tags, how's it going, man? It's good, man. It's it's really good. It, this is a day I've been looking forward to. I mean, not because the Bears are playing on primetime, because I don't know if I can go through another one of those bad primetime performances. Like, Mitch better get it together today. That's all I got to say, because I can't take it on social media anymore. But uh, I was really looking forward to today because uh, Paul is like, he doesn't know this, but he's like the reason I got into fantasy football. And it's really, it, it's it's uh, the coolest story is that I live in Chicago and Paul's been on the, the, the score, 670 The Score. It's an AM sports talk radio station uh, that he had been on. It was before I played fantasy football and that was back when I was like oh fantasy is for nerds you guys are picking <laughs> fake players and then, and then they, they started having a segment with Paul every single week and I found myself like just listening to it because Paul was like he was just a sports guy through and through and like he made it fun to listen and I'm like and I actually I, I joined a fantasy league a public one not telling my friends because I didn't want them to think I was a nerd <laughs> and, and honest to God Paul like my wife uh, we, we both met you in Dallas before Paul is such a good guy uh, my wife has called in and talked to you on the show before so oh that's awesome i just want to say that uh thank you for paving the way because now i'm doing this for a living and uh indirectly it's kind of because of you wow that's a super cool story and yeah the score's been so good to me and i've had so much fun in chicago over the years and right now having a lot of fun with um my i what should be a trademarked t-shirted nickname for mitch <laughs> trubisky i don't know if you've heard this one yet i've used it i've used it on the air there a lot sad trombonski yeah it's not great it, that's that's it's eye-rollingly bad, and I love it. Oh, don't start, Paul. Don't start. Not today. Not today. Let me let me let me keep out and stand this high that I am right now. Why would you <laughs> be on a high, man? I just don't understand it. The Packers are the best team in the NFC, dude. Because the Bears haven't played yet. That's why I'm on a high right now. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Okay, guys, we're gonna get into the waiver wire talk here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you all about NFL Game Pass. Only with NFL Game Pass can you replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. I'm most excited to go back and watch the Panthers games this season because they just have so many playmakers. Curtis Samuel is a magician with his footwork. DJ Moore gets open and has electric speed. Christian McCaffrey is obviously a boss. And Greg Olson's a lot of fun to watch. When Cam Newton comes back, he's a blast to watch as well. With NFL Game Pass, I can replay every one of their games, either by replaying the full broadcast version or the entire game in only 45 minutes with condensed games, which I absolutely love. If you haven't watched condensed games yet, you're going to have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in a fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to watch all the games on Monday so I can write my film piece and give you all the way of where player notes that I do on Monday afternoons. Who's really the team to beat in the AFC West? Is it the Chargers or the Chiefs? Do the 49ers have what it takes to compete with the Seahawks and the Rams? 
have the Patriots got even better from last season? To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. And best of all, we've got a special offer for a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass, and you can sign up for that now at nfl.com slash fantasy pros. All right, guys, so we're going to start at running back, and obviously we need to start with Saquon Barkley being out four to eight weeks, high ankle sprain, and the MRI results are going to come back any hour now, so it may be longer, it may be shorter than this, but that's probably what we're looking at, and it sounds like Wayne Gallman is going to be the guy that replaces him. Paul, is he your favorite running back pickup of the week? He is, but let's be clear, Wayne Gallman's not that good, and so, you know, I, I think there's a scenario here where the Giants end up making a move for another running back, and I don't. It wouldn't be a big splashy move, but um, you know they might find a a guy who's a third string running back on a set on another team that's better than Wayne Gallman. Minnesota, here where I live, has got one. They got Mike Boone, who I think is better than Wayne Gallman. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a scenario here where you know Wayne doesn't end up getting getting all the touches and and just you know runs himself out of this thing. But guys, there you know running backs about opportunity first and foremost, right? And he has a clear path to basically all the carries. So you know Wayne Gallman is 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 the top pickup of the week for sure. So Tex, I want to ask you before I get your opinion on Wayne Gallman. Is there any internal solution that you think the Giants could roll with, or is it definitely going to be Gallman? Well, believe me, I thought about what Paul's saying is that they go out and sign someone maybe like a C.J. Anderson who was just released uh, by the Lions. It's something something like that, but it could be a Jay Ajayi. But here's the thing. The Giants aren't going anywhere this year, like right? Like I, I know Daniel Jones looked like the real deal, but do we really anticipate them like going for it this year? They're not beating the Cowboys or the Eagles, and if they don't beat them, they're not getting to the playoffs. Yeah, and they had Rod Smith, who they signed, but uh, apparently he's not even on the team anymore. I didn't, I didn't see when he was cut, but uh, he's not on the team anymore. So they're going to sign another running back. It's just a matter of like gone. Gallman's going to get the first crack at this job. And fortunately for him, uh, he's going to be going up against Washington next week, who has not been particularly good against anything so far. Uh, so he might have a good first crack at the job. And knowing that Daniel Jones chose some mobility, uh, obviously, you know, having Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram in the offense, getting Golden Tate back in a week. Uh, there's some things that are going his way. He's not going to be like a recommend. It's kind of like a Peyton Barber situation where it's like you don't ever feel great about putting him in your lineup, but he's going to be probably in the RB3 conversation more often than not. I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, you're probably going to start in most weeks for the next four to eight weeks, whatever it's going to be. Paul, you don't know how happy you just made me when you brought up Mike Boone. Because I'm like the Mike Boone guy. Are you? You and I are the only ones then. <laughs> I love it. I've been excited about him for 15 months, and I've just been begging for him to get his chance. He's amazing. That guy is a great football player. He is. He's a good running back. He has got a ton of acceleration and runs with some determination. He can run inside out. He's he's a good back. That's way better. You know, he's He should not be the third back on any team, and that's why I think he's a potential trade candidate. And by the way, one other thing on, on Barkley that I think is fair to mention here that, that listeners may, may be interested in, and it's off way everywhere for just a second but if you're thinking about either trading away or acquiring Saquon Barkley if you're 3-0 and and you're thinking about maybe acquiring him for the playoff run the Giants might have the easiest playoff schedule of every team in the NFL it is an absolute breeze and you may want to you may want to act on it it's at Eagles and then the Dolphins and then the Redskins is your playoff schedule so if you're thinking about Barkley for that playoff run you know the schedule looks pretty accommodating that looks pretty good. So, Paul, would you trade Keenan Allen for him right now? Oh God, no, no. I think I think you're in the if you're if you're just straight up running back for running back. If with with what we're looking at, it's, it might be a seven week injury. You know, most of the regular rest of the regular season. I think you're in the Carlos Hyde, Royce Freeman territory. Is all you're going to get back? 
because you're asking some team to give up most of the rest of their regular regular season potentially. So that and and you have to and you're asking some team to to burn a roster spot. That's a big ask. So I I don't think you're going to get more than you know the 25th best running back. I, I would trade more for that to get Zeke. If I'm sitting at three, you know, I'd be really aggressive. That's just kind of who I am as a fantasy player, though. Like, I'm either going to, uh, you know, crash and burn and finish in last place, or I'm going to win that dang championship. So uh, I would like to go out and acquire Saquon Barkley. I, I would not trade Keenan Allen for him. Let's be clear about that. But uh, I'm wondering, you know, these are the types of questions I've been getting. And so I think a lot of people are trying to assess what his value is going to be. If he only misses four weeks, this could be a big old deal. Yeah, they, their bye week is not until week 12, is that right? Yeah, that hurts. That's a long way away. So, like, usually we could say that bye, like a breeze situation where it's like, okay, we know he's not coming back before the bye. They're not going to rush him back. Whereas someone like Saquon, he's the future of their franchise. I don't see them as a contender this year. Like, I don't think anyone sees the Giants as a contender this year, even the Giants. So that's the reason not to rush him back. So, like, when I was doing my rest of the season rankings and, and putting Saquon in there, I, I put him in around like the number 23, 24 running back where it's like if I had to decide between someone like, you know, Damian Williams, who could lose that job next week in Saquon, that's where I start having a difficult time because Damian Williams, you know, we don't even know if he's going to play this coming week. He might have already lost his job tags. He may have. And, and they're they're not making a big deal of this Sean McCoy uh, ankle injury. Um, Daryl Williams looked pretty good. Like basically anybody who the Chiefs put in at running back just works. So that's where I would have a tough time deciding between Barkley and someone like that. But I'd probably side with Barkley because I know when he's back on the field, he's going to produce. So how much are we spending on Wayne Gallman? Like 10, 12 fat bucks? I'll jump in. I think it's, I think it's going to be a little, if you want him, I think you'll have to spend a little bit more than that because he's the starting running back. Who's going to get all the carries on an NFL team. I think he'll probably cost you more like in the 15 to 20 range if you want him. Now, whether I don't know that I recommend that you spend that much, but somebody will. So if you've decided you're just, you know, your running back situation is so bleak that you need to make that move, um, then I, I think you're going to have to spend in, in close to 20 to get him. Yeah, it's really like a one week rent a player for me because you look at the schedule and you see, as I mentioned, they're going to play Washington. That's not a bad game to play him. Like you could play him as an RB3 in that game. But then after that, it's against Minnesota and then it's on the road at New England. Like you're not playing him in those matchups. You, you don't want to play him in either of those. So I'm not going to go out of my way to get Wayne Gallman. I, I, I do believe that people will spend considering how thin the running back position kind of is. I think people are going to spend over 20 for him and I'm not willing to do it. Like if you can get him for 10 to 15, fine. But I, I, I'm not going to make him like a massive priority for me. So would you rather go out and get Daryl Williams tags or Ronald Jones, one of these guys? Uh, just because they're going to be cheaper. Yeah. I mean, I would actually rather have Rex Burkhead um, for five than I would Wayne Gallman for like 15. So I, I don't know what Burkhead's going to go for. And I know that James White missed this game for personal reasons of the birth of his child. It's, it has nothing to do with his play on the field. But Sony Michelle has looked like crap. I mean... There's no other way to put it. I mean, and I, I was a Sony fan uh, Sony fan coming out of college, but I'm, I'm watching these games and I'm like sitting here thinking Rex Burkhead is just a better all around running back right now. You just don't look very good. And I, I just wonder when it comes to the point where they say, you know, Sony, these knee issues have piled up. You don't look great. We drafted Damian Harris. We're going to give the job to Burkhead right now and, you know, maybe get your head on straight, whatever the case may be, because he did fumble at the end of the, the week two game. So that could have like played into his low snap count in this game. But uh yeah, Rex Burkhead is someone that I would probably sneak in and get for a lot cheaper than Gallman. I'm, I'm totally with you. I tweeted it. I'll, I'll read you the tweet I had five hours ago. Sonia Michelle's averaged one yard per carry in two of his three games. He doesn't catch the ball. His offensive line's a wreck. And his inconsistent play is being masked by fantasy owners by his two touchdowns, which I think is true. And I don't even know if you can count on those touchdowns in the future. So, yeah, sell. Sell on Sonia Michelle. And I like the Burkhead move, which looked better. 
What can you expect to acquire for Sony Michel if you're trading him? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, if you play in a sharp league, not very much. Let's be honest. I the, the one thing that I do really hate about the industry is that we always talk like we're playing in industry leagues, you know, where these guys are always super sharp. But most public leagues, what people do is like if Sony Michel is not on your buddy's team, he's going to pull up his game log. He's going to see points and he's going to be like, OK, that's not bad. So if you want to go and buy low, maybe on someone like Stefan Diggs, I think you can do that. Oh, that would be sweet. I would do it. I don't know if you can pull that off. If you can, you're a hero. Though. People are telling me they're going to drop Diggs. Paul, you're Paul. Actually, you're from Minnesota, so I, I want to know your take on Diggs. Is he someone that are you buying low on? Or are you actually concerned? I'm concerned, um, and it's not that Diggs isn't good because he's good, and he and basically he was he was almost a DMP decoy in week one, and so we can throw out a third of the season uh, because he had, he had a hamstring injury. I think it was hamstring that uh, that game. But just the way this offense is built is is to is built basically to minimize Kirk Cousins, make him an efficient quarterback and nothing more, and let Delvin Cook run the ball. And that means there's just not that many balls to go around in Minnesota. And right now, Kirk Cousins has the fewest attempts of any three-game starter. So I think there's a lot of reason for concern on Diggs. And I, I and from a talent standpoint, he could he can and will do better in in various games. But at the end of the day. You can only do so much if you get three balls coming your direction, and you know that's the that's going to be his ongoing problem. Is there's just going to be too many of those games. If they want Cousins to be efficient, they need to fix that offensive line because he's good when he's not under pressure, which is never. Yeah, that's right. It's never in Minnesota. Tags, would you rather have Sony Michelle or Philip Lindsay? Oh, <laughs> let's put David Montgomery in there too because I think I would trade Sony Michelle for either of those guys. Montgomery, I would probably take right now. Uh, and even though that he's like, he's got his own problems and he's trying to work his way through a timeshare, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman is like a 50-50 timeshare, like like split right down the middle. Most people don't realize that. And they're going to see that Lindsay scored two touchdowns and they're going to think it's it's Lindsay's backfield. Not really. Even if you look at the red zone carries, they're split. Everything is split. Royce Freeman is running pass routes, everything. So it, it was split last year though. He only had 200 touches and he was still really good. It was more like a 60, uh, it was like a 61-39 split last year between him and Freeman whereas this year it's like it might be 51 49 uh and it's just not a very good team Joe Flacco doesn't look very good so eh, I mean Green Bay is a team that teams are apparently able to run on we've seen that so yeah I don't know so I don't see a big difference really between number two and number seven on my running back pickups this week Paul I've got Daryl Williams number two tags has Rex Burkhead number two who I've got number six who do you have at number two? My number two, it, it obviously depends a little bit on who's available in your leagues. But um, for me, anyway, I would go Ronald Jones just because of the potential of the any any game he could end up moving to the top of the pecking order. And the offense, honestly, it, you know, it's already starting. It's already starting to take on a Bruce Arians imprint. Good things are starting to happen. You know, if you if you decided in week one it was game over for Winston, you were premature. That offense is starting to click, and I so I, I like the idea of cobbling together Buccaneers on the cheap, assuming that Bruce Arians is going to continue to get you know improve that offense over time. I like I don't have a problem Peyton Barber either, but if they're going to you know if they're going to hot hand it, and I can get Ronald Jones for vi- almost nothing, I will. And I don't love Ronald Jones. Don't get me don't get, I'm not making any excuses for his his past bad play, but just in general, I like the idea of getting Bucks. I think that's a really good call. I mean, we've seen what Bruce Arians does for fantasy football running backs throughout his career, and we expected, you know, one of these running backs would take the lead role. We didn't know who it was going to be. In fact, it could have even been uh, Dare, but it was any of those three guys, and it looks like Jones is going to be that guy, but 
these next couple weeks, he's coming up against, he's going to the Rams. He's going to the Saints, who have a very good run defense. He gets Carolina at home, and then the bye. Then he gets Tennessee, Seattle. I think that you can get Ronald Jones for really cheap in a couple weeks, and he's not going to really help you until then. Um, so I would rather just wait and see if he's still on the waiver wire. By the way, we're assuming that, uh, speaking of the Saints run defense, we're assuming that uh, Rashad Penny is not available in our, our listeners' style of leagues, but in many, he is. And that job, Chris Carson's cooked after his fourth fumble in three games. Yeah, I just tweeted about that yesterday, how I think uh, Penny is going to be a, a league winner pickup. And a lot of people were, you know, really sassy about it. He's not available in my league. Well, he's not now, but when everyone realizes he's going to miss two, three weeks, he's going to be available in 60, 70 percent of leagues. And then when he comes back, I think it's going to be his job. And he's a good football player, Tags. Yeah, no, especially, well, I mean, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. Chris Carson, the fumble he had this week may not have been his fault. Uh, I talked about this a lot on the recap show last night. Uh, but at the same time, uh, dude, you have to hang on to the ball. Like, it's your job. Uh, like, this guy came from behind him with the Charles Tillman the punch and got it out. But it's it's starting to cost them games. And that's, like, it, it, it could cost them games. But knowing that... Penny's dealing with a hamstring injury. You're right. He is going to be cut in a lot of leagues just because bye weeks are coming. Like if you, if people haven't realized bye weeks actually start this week, uh, there's two teams on bye, uh, including one Jeffrey Wilson, who should not be picked up on waivers. Guys don't, <laughs> uh, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, Rashad Penny, if he is for whatever reason available, he would be my number one pickup actually over Gallman. How, how much would you spend Paul? I'm so shaken on Chris Carson and the fumbles and the, I think he's down to like 3.1 per carry. I would, um, I'd be in the 25 to 35 range on Penny because I feel that level of confidence that Carson has lost that job. That's what I would say. I was going to say 30 to 35. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, you always say that you hold on to your fab budget waiting for a guy that could be a league winner. And uh, yeah, So if I'm, say, if I'm saying more than 10 on anyone, you know I'm excited. <laughs> if I knew he was healthy, I'd be willing to spend 30 on him. But the thing is, he's not. And if he's dropped in your league and he's on waivers, it means that someone didn't value him. And knowing that they're going to be without him for the next two weeks, basically it just depends on where your team's at, right? Like if you're sitting at you know at 3-0 and and you have a, a solid team and you could wait a couple weeks for him to come back, uh, that's where it's like I'd be more willing to spend that money. But if you're a team that started 1-2 and two or 0-3, oh it's really rough to hang on to a player like that. So, Paul, one of the reasons that I like Daryl Williams, I guess actually the only reason, is that even if there's just a 10% chance he ends up the starting running back in Andy Reid's offense, I mean, that's a lottery ticket with a huge jackpot. And so I'm willing to spend, you know, five, six, seven fab bucks just in case. And if not, so what? I didn't really lose much. Well, you probably okay. Fair enough, but you, you know you've you got to have two and a half things happen for that scenario to play itself out, which is a lot, right? McCoy's got to McCoy's got to succumb to injury or something. Williams has to the other Williams. Damien's got to lose the job, and so I mean those two things for sure have to happen for Daryl Williams. And then uh, to me, that's that's to me it's more like a one dollar flyer, not a uh, seven dollar flyer. But that's me. Yeah, I mean I understand that, and uh, Lashawn McCoy is banged up, so maybe that's why Daryl Williams started. They also were dealing with the saturated field. Williams did look really good though. He outtouched McCoy. He had 109, uh, 109 total yards against Baltimore, mind you. Um, and so, you know, I'm interested. I want to say, I still think Darwin Thompson is the best running back on this roster. Did you did you see that run that he had? Uh, Sigmund Bloom posted a gif of, uh, of Darwin Thompson's run where he got negative two yards. And he's like leaping over people and uh, people are crushing him and he stamp on his feet. This is just a really good football player. I think eventually it's still going to be Darwin Thompson. I mean, let's not forget this time last year, Marlon Mack, Nick Chubb, uh, a couple of these league winners, nobody had them on their roster. That could be Darwin Thompson this year. 
I don't know. I mean, he's already had like the best case scenario, right? Like he had injuries to the top two running backs and he, I mean, he didn't see the field very much. That's, that's concerning to me. Uh, and knowing that McCoy, they're talking that injury down. They're saying that he's going to be fine. I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know what to do with the Chiefs backfield, but I want it all. Oh, for sure. You just want any part of the Chiefs you can get. <laughs> Did you guys see McCoy, uh, the video of McCoy limping into the stadium pregame? No, oh, no, I didn't. Some Kansas City reporter uh, posted video of McCoy again pre pregame walking into the stadium with a noticeable limp, and I'm like, "Geez, the dude can't even walk into the stadium without a limp." I don't, you know, I I'm extremely nervous about him. So I post the video, and I'm like, "Look, man, you, here's what you're signing up for, everybody. Be careful." And of course, he scores twice. <laughs> yep, of course, he of does course. against the Ravens. <laughs> when that happens, you just crush the mute button all day. When people are big jerks to you about that stuff mostly you ignore it right but yeah. sometimes sometimes <laughs> you you fire back when you can um i was i was pushing randall cobb last week and um a bunch of people were like oh, what randall cobb get you two catches and i'm like did you see the 76 yard touchdown that came back on penalty oh god he, when he's running free i'm i'm you know i'm i'm jumped out of my chair and i'm like yeah i got it right i got it right i got it right and then penalty no that's like me when mike boone exploded for that what was it 28 yard run and my notifications just blew up Everyone's like, Bobby, did you see that mike boone run i just love that anytime mike boone does anything people get excited for me yes i love it <laughs> all right tag so uh daryl williams Ronald Jones, I guess we need to talk about Jamal Williams, too, because he performed better than Aaron Jones. Andy outtouched him after Matt LaFleur told us this might happen. What in the world is going on here? Like, do we even want to pick him up? No, no. I, what I do know, okay, yes, he he looked better on the stat sheet if you just look at the stats. But watching that game, uh, and I did watch the majority of that game already. I'll go back and watch it again. Uh, but Aaron Jones, his second touchdown run is a run that Jamal Williams doesn't score on 100 times out of 100. He doesn't have the burst <laughs> to the edge to get there like Aaron Jones does. It's really tough, man, because that game was, I mean, the Packers kind of had it in the bag throughout and they were just kind of coasting along. And that's the worry about Matt LaFleur's offense. It's been very boring. They haven't been able, they like, I, I wanted Aaron Rodgers to have someone that would like take advantage of him and say, we are going to stick it down the defense's throat. Like if they're not going to touch you. Can you imagine how mad he is right now? Eh, I, I mean, there were, there's been times. I mean, they're three and oh, so yeah. I kid you not. He walks over to the sideline and he looks up in the, like LaFleur's talking to him and he just kind of looks off into space. Like he doesn't even care what LaFleur's <laughs> saying. <laughs> and I posted on Twitter. I said that I feel like that they've already had that conversation that Michael Scott and Stanley Hudson had in the office where it's like Stanley Hudson tells Michael Scott, he's like, I don't respect you. And he's like, that's fine, but I can't have you treat me this way in public. I think that's a conversation that's happened or is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. But I, I can we just please trade Aaron Rodgers to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to the Packers? I just want everyone to see that Aaron Rodgers is so good. He is, but he's also gotten to the point where he's a little bit too risk averse. And that's it, it's gotten to the point where it's, it limits his ceiling and what he can do because he's unwilling to like push the ball into maybe a tight window that Patrick Mahomes will. Mm -hmm. Can you can we agree that nine games is a reasonable sample size? Oh, yeah, that's that's a nice size sample. size. Aaron Rodgers over the last nine games. One touchdown per game. Ooh, that's like Jared Goff. It is Goffian. And if you were to take away his free play touchdowns, like the one he had on Sunday, free play touchdown, I, I don't know because I'm not looking up all his damn free plays, 
but I'm guessing that we'd be down to like 0.7 or something <laughs> for touchdowns per game. We are in Teddy Bridgewater territory here with Aaron Rodgers' fantasy productivity over the last nine games. And I think that's a long enough, you know, it's a long enough look to really wonder where, you know, what he's got in this offense or, you know, it's only three games in this offense, but still playing Thursday night against the, the Eagles this week, maybe without Ronald Darby. Yeah, it, it seems very likely he'll be out. That's a hamstring, right? It is a hamstring, yes. If Rodgers doesn't produce in this game, I'm full-on panicking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I drafted Matt Ryan everywhere instead of Aaron Rodgers, but you know, if I'm an Aaron Rodgers owner, I think he's just a streamer. If he doesn't perform well in this game, he's just a streamer. Yeah, it's not great right now. All right, guys, two other running backs I want to talk about, and they're just handcuffs at this point. You don't have to own them if you own Zeke or Dalvin Cook. They can just be, you know, you want high-end backup running backs, but Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison are the class of the backup running backs. Would you advise picking them up over someone like Jamal Williams, Daryl Williams? What do you think, Paul? I'm not a big fan of handcuffs, but give me the right handcuff. And yes, because of what you were talking about earlier, the, you know, the lottery ticket you know, portion of this is not, it's not trivial. Those Pollard and Madison are lottery ticket, game-changing guys. Jamal Williams is never going to change the trajectory of my team, period, end of story. So yes, I would rather, I'd rather have that handcuff. And, you know, if I got to kick him to the curb during a bye week, fine. I can probably go pick the same guy back up for almost nothing the next week. Right. You're exactly right. So if Zeke goes out next week for this season, Tony Pollard, I think, becomes Nick Chubb. Do you think he's an RB1 rest of the season? Yes. Oh, what do you think about that, Tags? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely... <laughs> well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want to be clear about this. Tony Pollard is not Ezekiel Elliott, but he would be playing behind like one of the best offensive lines in football, and he's playing in an offense that looks much better than I, I thought it would. Like, Kellen Moore, we didn't know what to expect out of him as a coordinator, but he's been very creative with that offense. It's been a very fun offense to watch, and Pollard would be involved, heavily involved. He'd be getting 15-plus touches a game in that offense, and that's very valuable. So, yeah, uh, Pollard would. So you're saying you've changed your mind. Dan Harris and I are right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> Not the fact that Tony Pollard is extremely talented, that he's like a can't miss prospect or anything like that, but he walks into one of the best situations. And as Paul mentioned earlier in the show, is that opportunity is key for running backs and that opportunity in that backfield is massive. But it's really disappointing to me that Ezekiel Elliott is like the RB12, I think, after three weeks of football. That's just that sucks. Knowing the schedule they have. They've they're had. not using him in the passing game anymore. I don't understand why that's why they're not doing that because he was so good. Because Amari's the GOAT. Yeah, Amari is a really good football player. Um, what we said about Pollard being an RB1, I think the same thing about Madison. I think Mike Boone's better than Madison, but Madison's the clear RB2 in that offense. So I think he would get the majority of the touches and immediately be just an absolute stud that you play every week, regardless of matchups. Yeah, those guys are, are guys that, like, legit, if the starter went down, that people go and spend all of their fab budget on. That's why they should be rostered. All right, guys, we're going to move on over to wide receiver here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Fantasy Draft. The Rake Free Revolution is here, and it's available only on Fantasy Draft. Rake, commission, management fee, call it what you want. But the days of paying 10, 12, or even 15% of your entry fees to the house are over. Now you can play Rake Free only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of entry fees are paid to contest winners. That's right, every single dollar in entry fees are paid to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contest, all you need to do is become a member. Fantasy Draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-free entries per month. And for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. As other sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder for players like you to win. 
Those days are over. No more do you have to lose up to 30% of your bankroll to rake. That money goes straight to the prize pools on Fantasy Draft. It's time to start playing your favorite contests rake-free on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll is going to love it. Register at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word, to claim your free 7-day trial. Void were prohibited, must be 18 or older. Okay, guys, on over to wide receiver, and it's not as exciting as running back this week. I feel like the last couple weeks it was uh, heavy wide receiver weeks. There's two or three guys you could argue for the top spot. Paul, I'm curious who you've got there this week. Philip Dorsett is my top pickup of the week. I think he's been he's just been lost in the conversation a little bit, and we're also reliving you know all of his past failures, both in Indianapolis and and with with the Patriots. But, you know, he's been groomed in this system for a long time now. And in his two full games as starter, he has a two-touchdown game and a one-touchdown game. He's been targeted 11 times, and he's caught 10 of the passes. This is, you know, Philip Dorsett is, walks into Antonio Brown's spot, or Brown had his spot briefly, and he becomes a productive player. You take, you throw in the uh, the injury to Julian Edelman, and it's probably a few more reps that go his direction. And I think if we took the name off the back of his jersey and just looked at all 10 of Philip Dorsett's catches right now, and you didn't know who that was, you might be saying to yourself, is that Brandon Cooks? I mean, who, you know, who's this little fast guy? You know, I think he's, I think he has evolved into a much better player than the guy that we that we had seen before, and the opportunity is is certainly there when a in a high high functioning offense without a a ton of other other capable starters. Yeah, first round draft pick. He's got a great athletic profile. Tegs, I remember talking to you about Philip Dorsett in the preseason, and we both agreed like who could it be this like this Chris Hogan guy that just pops off in the Patriots offense uh, because he's there, he knows the Tom Brady system, and he makes plays. It's it's Philip Dorsett, and so we got him in a lot of best ball leagues, and it's working out. Is he your number one pickup too? Yeah, it's like a one A and one B situation, but Dorsett is one of those guys uh, where you know Julian Edelman being nicked up. They're saying that he's going to be fine, that he's going to be played through this rib injury. But again, he's thirty three years old, and Josh Gordon came in and out of the game multiple times this week. So there's concern with health regarding the Patriots wide receivers, and knowing that the Patriots are willing to you know take their foot and put it on someone's throat this year and like legitimately squash them forty to nothing if they have to. Uh, that's always good for Philip. Dorsett, uh, you know, running the three wide receiver sets, not having Sony Michelle run very well. Um, James White obviously wasn't with the team this week, but there's targets to go around this offense without Rob Gronkowski because the tight ends, Matt Lacoste, Ryan Izzo, uh, I know Ben Watson's coming back in, in week five, but I mean, these guys are nothing to throw to. They're not Rob Gronkowski. So uh, Dorsett is definitely someone that you want to have because like when you're plugging in someone during these bye weeks that are coming up or even in the wide receiver three spot, you're, you don't have guaranteed production out of those guys. Those are guys that you're looking for potential upside, like a Mequel Hardman, like a Demarcus Robinson, like a Philip Dorsett. Uh, they may not come with a great floor that some receivers do, like a Golden Tate, who's my 1B player, but he comes with a higher ceiling. And in a wide receiver th- three spot, you're typically looking for a ceiling rather than a floor with those players. So uh, Dorsett is the number one. I have no issue with that. My favorite thing about Philip Dorsett right now is what you mentioned about Gordon being banged up, Edelman being banged up. I mean, this decade, Edelman's missed almost 30 games. He's not somebody who stays on the field, and obviously we know about Josh Gordon, and, and we hope that he stays on the field. 
Um, but he's also been a little bit banged up throughout his career, and he has the suspension concerns as well. If anything happens to either of them, let alone both of them, Philip Dorsett's going to be a wide receiver too. Now, right now, I don't really want to play Philip Dorsett most weeks, so I've got him as my number three, especially this week against Buffalo. If you're picking up Philip Dorsett, you're not playing him against Buffalo. I like Golden Tate as my number one, and I got DJ Chark as my number two. Do you guys have Chark up anywhere near that high? I'm at three. Yeah, I'm at three as well. I like uh, I like Chark, and uh, I've looked after last year. He frankly wasn't much on my radar except for the rookie profile, and um, and then you know even after week one, I wasn't a, necessarily a believer in Gardner Minshew, but now I am. I, you know, <laughs> guys look good. I mean, I'm I'm sure that defenses you know defensive coordinators are now have enough tape that they're going to start picking apart his game and it's not going to be the same for Gardner Minshew and you know we might look back and roll our eyes that we ever were a believer but he looks functional and DJ Chark looks like the best receiver and certainly the best big play receiver the guy you know if you told me there's a 38 yard scoring strike that's just happened I and Jacksonville I I think that's the guy who came down with the ball right you're exactly right. He's got four times as many air yards as D.D. Westbrook. I think it's very clear that he's the number one wide receiver in this offense. And, and I agree with Gardner Minshew. He looks good now. We'll see what happens. He's really good under pressure because he has just a good sense of the rush that's coming towards him. So I don't think it's going to be like a disaster or anything like that. Maybe he'll come back down to earth a little bit. But right now, I'm sitting here. Keenan Allen's number one. Julio Jones, two. Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and then DJ Chark, number six wide receiver through three games. Now, granted, that's a small sample size, but he's looked really good. He's got an incredible athletic profile. And Tags and I laughed at him. I laughed at the Jags when they drafted DJ Chark where they did. I'm a Jags fan, so it kind of broke my heart that they're wasting this draft capital on a guy I don't love, but he looks great now. Yeah, no, I mean, like he was uh, one of the most improved wide receivers in camp, according to multiple beat reporters. So, I mean, I, I, I believe those reports that he'd improved, but I still didn't think that Nick Foles was someone I wanted to attach myself to. And Gardner Minshew has turned into someone that might be better than Nick Foles. Like, honestly, I don't think Nick Foles would have looked as good in the Jaguars offense. I'm going to be honest. And, uh, you know, DJ Chark has moved up my board every single week because of it. I'm still a little hesitant because it's not a massive sample size with Gardner Minshew. I mean, the guy is throwing a touchdown every 5.7. I think it's 5.7% of the time, which is, again, higher than Tom Brady's career percentage. That's going to come down. DJ Chark will be the one to suffer some of that as he's caught three touchdowns already, but he is being targeted uh, the most on the team. His air yards are extremely good, 41% of the team's total. So even if his touchdown totals do come down, knowing that he's seeing a lot of those deep targets combined with some volume, that's a receiver you want to attach yourself to, uh, especially when Leonard Fournette can't seem to get anything going on the ground because I'm, Bobby, by the way, this is like a, a therapy session for me where I am, I, I think I'm ready to admit that Leonard Fournette's just not very good. And I was like, I, there was not a bigger Fournette guy coming out. And like, even over his first two years, I felt like he was a little underappreciated in terms of what he did on a bad football team. But I mean, the guy is trying to play like he's Saquon Barkley, but he has zero burst. He has none, like absolutely none to get to the edge. Uh, it's kind of, it's embarrassing to watch. I mean, unless he gets moving, it's kind of like Derrick Henry, but you know, just breaks less big runs. It, he reminds me a little bit of a fatter Latavius Murray. <laughs> okay. So Bobby can say these things because he's like skin and bones. He's like a 16 year old that like literally has like 2% body fat. Leonard Fournette is not fat. Okay. I know, uh, man. I know. But he's like, but he runs Latavius fat. Murray is he like chiseled. He does. He does run fat. And I'm saying this as a Jaguars fan who's just furious that they drafted him instead of Patrick Mahomes. Come on. Oh, don't even. I mean, I guess we wouldn't have mustache mania right now, but. Uh, yeah, still. Uh, By the way, Leonard Fournette, 
100% of the snaps he was on yeah. the field for last week and 97 the week before that. And he was bad for 99% of them. Was. <laughs> there's some truth to that he had the one long run yeah. Mary he was negative yardage <laughs> through the, like middle of the fourth oh, no, quarter he, the, so Paul he had he had a 69 yard run he finished the game with 66 yards <laughs> then, right, right. The, the funny thing to me is like you can see the play you, you watch that replay of the 69 yard run and it's like from behind him but you can almost see his face when he breaks through the hole like what is going on here he was surprised himself <laughs> yeah it, it sucks man I hate being on this side of the, the conversation but uh I'm at the point where now it's like it's it's not fun to watch. All right, we're going to talk about the rest of the wide receivers here in just a moment. But first, guys, you're terrible at taking care of your health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually just more comfortable rubbing dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of this myself. That's how I ended up tearing my Achilles tendons because I didn't get help when I needed to. The same is true for people with erectile dysfunction. And studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros and complete an online visit. And if your doctor decides treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor. Erectile dysfunction be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros. So we've all got the same top three wide receivers in different orders, but they're all fairly close. How much fab would you be willing to spend on the three of them, Paul? Dorsett feels like about 15. Chark feels like about 10. Golden Tate feels like about seven five seven somewhere in there do you guys feel like that's in the ballpark yeah I, i'm really conservative with my my fab budget so i've got them at like six five and four yeah but yeah i, I agree that's what they're gonna go for Tate's someone that i mean he, if he's on your waiver wire that means people weren't valuing a suspended player but after daniel jones did throw the way he did and look the way that he did i think people are gonna start be like okay who do i want to attach myself to golden tate's gonna come back uh in week five so golden tate is someone that i i do think that i would be willing to spend maybe 12 because a lot of people might put in a 10 dollar bid thinking it's good but if you needed to spend 12 i would dorset is going to require more um that's one where i think people are going to go out and they're going to spend 20 on him i don't know if you need to if you really need a wide receiver three and like you're struggling and you're you know oh and three but then again against buffalo this week it's not going to be a great week to start him so no not this week yeah i think paul might be right in that 15 area is that's the probably the max you should go and then you have dj chark against denver that has been using chris harris in a shadow situation now uh, i don't know if they're going to shadow chark but if they were going to shadow any receiver it'd be him yeah, he'd be the one for sure every time you say chris harris i think chris harris of the harris football podcast not chris harris jr <laughs> like you got to add the junior part in man i'd like to see that though yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> One writes books. The other is a really good football corner. <laughs> but, uh, I want to mention one name that I, I really I want to get your guys' take on. It's Paris Campbell. Okay, so this is a guy that you know we were talking we're talking about Philip Dorsett. That was a guy that was an, an originally drafted to be T. Y. Hilton's replacement. Like that was almost like a clone of T. Y. Hilton, and he didn't pan out. So they they you know they re-signed T. Y. Hilton, yada yada. But Paris Campbell is a bigger, faster version of T. Y. Hilton, a guy that can play all over the field. Are you guys be are you guys willing to spend like a couple bucks on him or are you more like eh, I mean I'll spend a buck and I could toss him on my bench because they're playing Oakland this coming week that's obviously a good matchup that Lamarcus Joyner's been burning the slot over and over if T Y Hilton can't play because of this quad 
Paris Campbell is my number four receiver on the waiver wire this week. I like him quite a bit. Okay, I'll let you answer first, Paul. I agree with everything you just said. I think this is a, it's a you know, he is a thrilling prospect. He's started, you know, he, he missed a lot of training camp, so it's been a slow start for him. But now uh, you're starting to see him more involved in the passing game already. And if his competition is Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal, I like his chances of becoming a focal point of this offense. And frankly, you know, when T.Y. Hilton comes back, I like Paris Campbell just that much more because defenses won't be able to play to stop him. And I, I, I'm I, very, very bullish on, on his long-term prospects for this season. Ooh. There's a lot of people listening to this show who are saying, well, hold on a second. The guy has five targets through three weeks. Guys, how many times have we seen these rookie wide receivers who start off with very few targets and then they eventually get into the line? This time last year, Calvin Ridley was available on waiver wires because he didn't really do much until, you know, until, you know, weeks three, four, five, six. I don't remember when it was that he broke out, but there's players like this every year. And Paris Campbell is extremely talented. He doesn't have much competition for targets. I agree. I I like him. I've only got him for two bucks right now. I'd rather have Preston Williams. Can I say that? Yeah. Mm. You can say that. You can say it. He is a phenomenal talent, and his team's always behind. Garbage time scores count just as much, and he's on the field constantly. And you now, yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot to like in Preston Williams, who, by the way, in all my dynasty leagues and my keeper leagues and my empire leagues, a chock full of Preston Williams for next year, where he has the potential, I think, to just absolutely blossom with, you know, whatever quarterback the Dolphins take at one overall. <laughs> I I wonder if the whole Trevor Lawrence thing is going to be like a a real thing where they have to because I mean this team is so depleted for talent that it's going to take a long time. They could trade the number one pick next year for four, three, four first round picks and then just have a ton and get Trevor Lawrence again in uh, 2021 as their quarterback because they're not winning next year. Oh, I mean, that, that'd be a full on. I mean, we know they're tanking. Like, Xavier Howard, by the way, is the only guy that's talented on that roster. And he like, he tanked last week. Like, he legitimately like didn't show up to, to defend Amari Cooper. Cooper just spun him around on that uh, that short touchdown. It was embarrassing. It wasn't even that sophisticated of a move. And Xavier went the wrong direction. Next thing you know, he's looking at the wrong sidelines. And Amari Cooper's five yards <laughs> open the other side. Right. Ridiculous. Yes. Hey, by the way, guys, Preston Williams right now has 23 targets through three weeks. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, it's top 25 in football. The issue is that, so here's the thing, though. The, the reason I don't like Preston Williams is because I, I was talking about that wide receiver three territory. And when you're play, when you're starting a player there and even like a spot start, you're looking for potential upside, right? Like, I don't think you have safety with Preston Williams considering who his quarterbacks are. And I don't think there's upside. I mean, this team has scored an average of 4.5 <laughs> points per game, guys. Like, or 4.3 or whatever it is. It's 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 not good. It's, it's all bad. And... Uh, I mean, Preston Williams. But wait, who's got who's got half of those four point five points? Right, Preston Williams. <laughs> Preston Williams. <laughs> oh man, that is amazing. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad. Devontae Parker, by the way, hauled in a great a great catch on that forty yard. That was a great catch, and then he dropped. Then he dropped an easy pass like eight plays later. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Devontae Parker. I yeah, it's like that ex girlfriend. What do you guys think about Dante Pettis? I mean, obviously, they're not using the way that we had hoped they would, and they're going on the bye this week, so you probably don't need to pick him up. But long term, I mean, he's going to be available in 80% of leagues next week. Right. So you had the slow start coming off the groin injury, only had two snaps in the first week. That turned into 35 snaps in week two. And I looked at his snap count. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was... Let's see, 33. uh, So he ranked third. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 53 snaps. uh, Debo Samuel, 41. And Pettis, 33. 
maybe he's found he's been he's been in the mid 30s here for two straight weeks maybe that's just who he is right now but what, what worries me about the entire 49er roster is just the diversity of scoring and god bless kyle shanahan who can find who can get points out of everybody on roster which is a, an amazing true life nfl offensive genius type skill but it's just such a pain for fantasy owners because he can find fantasy points from anybody. Kyle Juszczyk, Rich, you know, Mostert, Breida, you know, Wilson, just, it, it just never ends. So I just feel like every week you, it's hard to be smart enough to know, is this a Pettis week or a Goodwin week or a Samuel week? Good. You know, yeah. It's annoying. It's infuriating. And Garoppolo hasn't been good enough to support multiple fantasy wide receivers. They're not playing the Bengals every week. Can we get Nick Mullins in there? Like, let's just see what he's made of. <sighs> I mean, well, I think we saw what he was made of last year. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as Jimmy G has played. I'll tell you that. Um, and I, on the other sideline, granted, he's only twelve months removed from an ACL, but my and they're three and zero, so we probably shouldn't say anything. I saw this next gen stats um, image uh, right before we started recording today, and it's it's a player that we want to talk about on the other sideline. Uh, Deontay Johnson. I know he caught a long touchdown. But did you guys know Mason Rudolph completed just two passes beyond the line of scrimmage on Sunday? Yuck. What? Two. Shut up. No, I'm I'm, I'm looking at his next-gen like chart right here. You yeah. could argue that two of them might be one yard past the line of scrimmage, but it's basically right at the line of scrimmage. And uh, both of those touched, those both of those passes were touchdowns to Juju and to Deontay Johnson. So, uh, Oh, my God. They, pe- they had him pepper targets like right at the line of scrimmage quite a bit. Jeez. So, Tags, you admitted you were wrong about Tony Pollard. I think I was probably wrong about Mason Rudolph. <laughs> it's too- <laughs> early to say that, but I mean, at the same time, it's not great. I was really impressed with him in week two, and I I loved him coming out of college, but man, that was an ugly game. Granted, San Francisco's pass rush is incredible this year. Um, you know, adding Bosa, they they traded for D Ford. They've got some weapons there, so we'll see against who they get. Cincinnati this week. If Mason Rudolph doesn't do it against Cincinnati, they need to go out and get someone in the draft, I think. Um, any other wide receivers you guys want to talk about? Not really any big names. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Let's go quarterback then. Uh, I've got Daniel Jones as my number one, primarily because he's going up against Washington this week in a home game. I don't really love him for the rest of the season. I don't have him in my top 15 or anything like that. I think he has top 10 upside. It's it's a possibility. The offensive line's horrible. Though. He was getting smashed. They don't really have great weapons with Saquon out. Um, would you prefer him or Andy Dalton, one of these other guys, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett against the Raiders, Paul? They all have pretty favorable matchups this week, right? So you get Daniel Jones against Washington. Okay, we can get a little something done there. Um, And he gives me running ability, which I'm, you know, you're not going to get, needless to say, you're not going to get two every week, but, you know, you might get one in a lot of weeks. Andy Dalton has got Pittsburgh, a secondary that's been reeling all season long. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, Kyle Allen has, uh, has got the favorable matchup as well. Of the three, the one I'm backing is Daniel Jones because I want to sit and wait on him, as I mentioned earlier, to if if I can hold him through the playoffs and if he develops over the next 10 games, he might be my playoff quarterbacks in weeks 14, 15, and 16. Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins, that he might be my guy for those games and especially in my QB flex league. So um, I'm of the three that he intrigues me the most and, he's, and that's the reason why is the long-term play on Daniel Jones. Tags, who do you like the best here? I, Jones, Dalton? Yeah, it'd be Daniel Jones. Uh, like, I, I, honestly, like, you're not going to be able to, uh, we don't know what he's going to do tonight, but Case Keenum's another solid add to, like, for this week, if you're streaming quarterback. These are all streaming quarterbacks. Like, they're not guys that you're going to want to rely on week in, week out. Uh, especially, again, we I already talked about the schedule coming up for the Giants with the Minnesota on deck and then the Patriots after that. I mean, the Patriots are 
they're playing really good football right now. And uh, so their games are so boring to watch. Like, can we just fast forward to the playoffs for them? Yeah. I've already had someone call me out too, by the way, I called uh, on the podcast last night. I said, I I'm officially naming the giants defense as dolphins light. <laughs> we have Miller and Miller light. So like that, that's basically what I'm calling them. And someone said, Oh, it's, the bears are like the dolphins light with the offense. So like people are already trying to make fun of me for the bears. Like guys, I'm making fun of them myself. But what I'm saying is that you attack teams that are playing them. Right. And uh, so case Keenum could be a good streaming quarterback for you next week. Daniel Jones would definitely be my choice of the bunch going against Washington, because if there's anything that that team does well, when they're healthy up front, it stopped the run, but their secondary is just atrocious. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Jones would be my pick as well. If I need a quarterback long-term, though, it's Andy Dalton. I mean, he's been so good through the three weeks. He put up 18 points against Buffalo, the number one pass defense last year. He gets A.J. Green back. He put up 21 against Seattle, 20 against the 49ers. I mean, that's three good defenses. He's passing the ball over 40 times per game with Zach Taylor. Got the three weapons. I like Andy Dalton long-term. I moved him ahead of Jared Goff in my rest of the season rankings earlier today. This is the perfect strike time on A.J. Green because he's not so close that his owners feel like his return is imminent, but somebody else has already carried his weight for three weeks and it wasn't you. And so I think you can still get him on the cheap right now. He might be starting in two weeks. So I feel like this is the right time. If you're going to make a move on A.J. Green, it's now. And that offense looks so much better now that they don't have the they're not shackled to Marvin Lewis anymore by the way if you're looking for some trade help if you've got a question you can always ask tags and I on Twitter at Mike Tegler NFL at Bobby Fantasy Pro we've also got a trade assistant on my playbook essentially with the trade assistant what's going to happen is it's going to take information from hundreds of analysts around the industry and tell you what those analysts as a team think about the trade offer that was made to you or the trade offer you're thinking about making that way you're not going into the decision blindly it's like you're going into your war room and asking your group of guys what they think and they're going to spit out the opinion my playbook is awesome for that whether it's our trade assistant our start sit assistant our top available on the waiver wire it's just a phenomenal tool, and you can check it out at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook. Okay, guys, if you need a tight end right now, are you going Disley or Herndon or, or somebody else? I mean, I don't imagine who it would be, but... You don't want anybody in the Jets offense? No, you can't right now. So it's so it's Disley. A lot of people are going to pick up Jordan Akins because he scored two touchdowns, but guys, don't do that. He's got like seven targets. Disley's playing against the like the Cardinals this week. He's like a top seven tight end this week, and he's good. Right, he's top twelve rest of the season, dude. The Cardinals so bad. I was nervous about Wilson coming into the season because you had DK Metcalf totally untested. Felt like you know, can you do anything besides the nine route? And you know, we, there were so many questions there. No other viable you know receiver outside of Tyler Lockett, and then you know Will Disley. And I'm like, all right, he had one good game last year in his whole career. He's one good game and I was really worried about the lack of targets to Wilson's credit he has unlocked solid contributions from basically all of those question marks and now it all comes you know it all comes home now this week against Arizona where you're starting everybody so Tex who are you going with for a streamer at DST this week you know what? It's funny because I thought the Broncos might be that team against Jacksonville, but I'm tired. I, I can't watch the Broncos not sack a quarterback again. Um, so I'm going to go. Yeah, how about that? How about how about a Vic Fangio defense with no sacks, no interceptions, no fumble recoveries, and no touchdowns. I think he made a mistake by leaving the Bears. I mean, granted, I, I understand why he did it, but um, it just goes to show that the Bears have a lot of talent in that defense, whereas, uh, I mean, the Broncos, you would think with Chubb and Von Miller there, like that they'd still be able to get to the quarterback. It, it, it's it's mind-boggling to me um, because the Broncos are some one of the defenses I liked as a top-10 play this like coming into the year uh, because of Fangio. But uh, Me too. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Uh, they looked 
much better uh, last week with Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, I, I know they lost that game in the end, but it, was, it came down to their offense being completely unreliable, able to, to basically drain clock because they I want to say there were five turnovers by the 49ers in that game. The Steelers are getting to the passer and knowing that Andy Dalton is missing, you know, he was already missing two starting offensive linemen. He might be down a third offensive lineman. There's just so many problems with Cincinnati right now. Pittsburgh playing at home, you know, 0-3 after they just traded a first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. I, this is this is a week where they're probably going to get a win. And I think the defense is a big part of that. I'm fond of the Colts at home against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I always like to use the Kansas City Chiefs when they're going to be heavy favorites. And that's going to be the case again in Detroit. Matthew Stafford's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And he's fine. But if he's having to throw the ball and he's going to be under pressure with their pass rush, uh, I think it's likely he's going to have multiple turnovers, a couple sacks as well. So I never mind the Kansas City defense as a streamer. Paul, do you have one that you like? Oh, I like your twos better than mine, but I'll take Carolina going up against Houston and the most sacked quarterback in the league. So Yeah, good call. You know, there's always that, and there's always that angle as well. But frankly, I, I prefer the two that you came up with. I'd take this. I'd take the Steelers against Andy Dalton at offensive line. Well, sorry for stealing your thunder on that. That was, that was rude of me. You're our guest, Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Paul did give us one by low that he likes. AJ Green. I think that's a great call. Tags. Do you want to give us one as well before we end the show? Uh, yeah, Devontae Adams. Uh, he's going to play on Thursday night. And so here's the deal: when wide receivers play, or any any player plays on on primetime television. People are going to overreact to what they see. And what you're about to see is Devontae Adams tear apart the Eagles. So his value is going to go through the roof. So uh, if you're able to buy him right now for discounted prices, you're not going to be able to get him for really cheap because he's still Devontae Adams. But um, I don't think you're going to find it, uh, his price any cheaper than you have to start the year. So uh, Devontae Adams right now. Anyone have any sell sell highs that they want to talk about? Mike Evans. There are guys that I just want to get out of. I don't know how high, you know, we've talked earlier. Chris Carson to me is just dead. And, you know, you can, you know, I think in more casual leagues, people don't realize just how dead he is, a dead man walking. So, yeah, that's that's the guy as many much as any that I'm advocating to get out on. I like the trade for Mike Williams right now. He's been a little bit banged up, so we haven't really seen the extent of who he is. He doesn't have any touchdowns right now. He gets Miami in week four. I think he's about to start a breakout. I've got him as a top 20 wide receiver this week. Good one. Yeah, I like that one too. I, I also think that you could sell Mike Evans at a, at a, at a point where people are going to be like going nuts for him because uh, the upcoming schedule, his value is going to go back down. Uh, Keep Tlaib and the Rams are the real deal. Then Marshawn Lattimore after that. Lattimore's tight in coverage, man. Godwin will have a much better matchup. And then it, it's back to James Bradbury who shut him down in week two. So this is a point to sell high on Mike Evans. It's not to say you give him away, but um, after three touchdown performance, people are going to want him. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. Paul, it was such a pleasure having you on. Awesome stuff. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, super fun, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, let's let's be sure to do this again from time to time. I would love that. Sounds like a plan. You're definitely invited back. We'll talk to you later. All right, and I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Get Roman. You can go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros for a free online visit about your potential ED, and you're going to get free two-day shipping. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros. And also make sure to take advantage of the offer from NFL Game Pass. You can go to NFL.com slash FantasyPros to get a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. You're going to love those condensed games. And also Fantasy Draft. Get a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees at FantasyDraft.com, promo code FantasyPros. And don't forget to check out our trade assistant at FantasyPros.com slash MyPlaybook. You are going to love MyPlaybook if you haven't used it yet. For Paul Charchi and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.